Hello and welcome to another edition of Bills from Afar. You've me, Tim Rudge, and my co-host Charlie. Charlie, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Very well. Um, another week into the film work and draft prospects. So yeah, I'm yep. enjoying that actually. Um, things are starting to start to build up a picture of what's going to be available, and obviously free agency is starting to calm down a bit now. So um, yeah, we're just a, another week closer to uh, one of the highlights of yours and my year, which is the draft. How are you doing? Yeah, no, I'm doing well, thank you. Yeah, um, as I said, just continue to uh, watch your prospects, keep grinding and watching the tape and, uh, yeah, evaluating, stacking up my players. And uh, I find it always fascinating to um, like just do the process and see kind of what types of players you're into, um, how much higher you're on a player than others, how much lower you're on certain players than others. Uh, it's a really fun process. So, no, I continue. I, I try and do two a day, like if I can. Like, obviously, I've got you know two young kids as well, so and a wife, and she wouldn't be happy if I spent uh, much of my day uh, ignoring my family duties and uh, watching films <laughs> of the players. So I try and watch really two a day from kind of January to get me to kind of three, four rounds worth of players. I'm not, I'm not going to get to that though this year. Um, I'm hoping to get to about at least 100 that I've really watched well. Um, so, yeah, no, just enjoying the pro- process and uh, looking forward to doing, you know, more episodes for the draft uh, uh, coming soon, um, probably starting in next week or so, really. So this will probably be our last, like, free agency-specific uh, uh, podcast podcast episode obviously uh things are as you said ramping down now so and um, we made a three or four signings since uh, we, we've done the last episode so um we'll, we'll be doing that today we'll be talking about those signings and then you know this is kind of the uh part of the season that you start to hear certain things you know happening you know potential trades so everyone knows you know about ed oliver's situation and the fact that you know, he's using social media basically to try and potentially, you know, either get paid and get his extension or or get traded. Uh, and then DeAndre Hopkins, uh, you know, there's a lot of rumours going around there. So we'll dig into those and uh, just talk about them, how we feel. Uh, and, and that's what we're going to be doing today. So if we look at the signings that we've made since we have uh, done our last episode. So the day after our last episode, Isaiah McKenzie got cut which was a direct kind of um, consequence of us signing Deontay Harty. So if we made an upgrade there and we've released uh, Isaiah McKenzie. We saved about a couple of million dollars in cap. And then you look at the signings. Uh, we signed uh, Trent Sherfield, Damien Harris, David Edwards and brought back David Questenbury. They're all on one-year contracts. So what do you think about these signings? Where do you want to start? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy actually. Um, I think we should probably start with Damien Harris. Well, yeah. maybe there's a bigger picture before we get into that, which is this feels a little bit moneyballish. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, but yep. where um, we're getting players who perhaps um, have the potential to outplay their contract, um, players that improve incrementally the roster, if not um, radically. Um, so what we're seeing is, you know, someone like a Deontay Hardy, uh, Hardy, up, an upgrade over McKenzie, not a massive upgrade, but an upgrade. Um, Damien Harris, I think 
rounds out that running back room really nicely. It's, it's much more balanced room rather than Singletary and um, and Cook. Um, I see these sort of Sherfield. I see as a, you know an incremental improvement over um, uh, touchdown Jesus. Right. So I think that these. Yeah these changes are not necessarily transformational, but they are incrementally better. And I think on the offensive side of the ball right now, you have to say this is a better roster. Um, Bringing back Hoyer obviously was big on the defensive side. Losing Tremaine Edmonds, though, is a big hole, which we haven't filled yet. And there are still some some weak areas. So, but I think overall, you have to be pretty happy with what Brandon Bean's done and um, with the cap space that he's got. And and maybe there's still something special that can happen between now and then. So yeah, let's start off with, with Damien Harris. Um, I mean, for those of you who haven't seen him play, I mean, he's kind of ripped the bills apart several times. He's, he's that bigger-bodied downhill runner, uh, the thumper that I was kind of looking for. I really like him. I think he's a very effective player. He's not, you know, going to, uh, I don't know, get people off off their seats necessarily. But I think in terms of actually having a balanced running back room of James Cook and him, um, with with Naeem Hines maybe playing somewhat some kind of role, I think it's a much better looking room. Now, this is the guy who we wanted Zach Moss to be basically. Um, it means that in the short yardage situations, it should take a bit of pressure off Josh. He's just very effective in those uh, short yard situations, and I think he's got that breakaway capability as well. So I mean, he has had some some injury concerns in the past. Um, I think he missed something like six games last season. Um, so I don't know how you know whether we can expect him to get you know a full season out of him. But um, yeah, he. I think he's sort of guy that given the style of play the bills have, which is sort of a downhill path down, you know, a downfield passing offense, there's going to be some light boxes for him to run into. So yeah, I, I'm really quite very, very happy. I think it, it's, it's probably as good as we could have possibly hoped for short of going to get Derek Henry, which was always going to be a long shot given his contract. Uh, what, what are your feelings? Yeah, I think out of the, the more recent signings we've made, I feel like this is probably our our best and I think what's going to be our most useful player moving forward. Um, for me, like the, ring, the, the biggest endorsement I can give is that whenever we played for Patriots, I never looked forward to playing um, Damien Harris. Like He was one of their best players. Clearly, they had no passing weapons, but their running game, you know, the guys up front, Ramondre Stevenson and Damien Harris had a nice one-two punch and he usually you know performed really well against the Bills so for me just the biggest endorsement is I never enjoyed playing him twice a year so the fact that he's now on the Bills and as you said he provides that a bigger back presence he's going to be good in pass pro and for 1.7 million dollars one year contract he's 26 as well so I feel like just looking at the signings we've made, they're all pretty young. You know, Conor McGovern's 25. Clearly, he's a bit more of a long-term answer if he's got a three-year contract. But Dante Hardy's 25. Trent Sheffield's 27. Damien House is 26. David Ed- Edwards is 26 as well. So, you just look at the, the age profiles and the fact that, you know, all of these guys are on pretty cheap contracts, especially for Damien Harris and uh, Trent Sheffield uh, and David Edwards as well. They're kind of like low-risk, potential high-reward um players so, so you know if they outperform and they play really well then they're most likely going to hit the open market just because next year i don't think our cap uh you know is going to be any better necessarily you know we're still going to with josh and Diggs and white and you know those premium players that we've got on our roster there's not going to be much wiggle room so you know if they outperform you know what, what they're getting paid at the moment then they can be uh, open market so you know, coming into a Bills is a good in situation and good environment for those players. But also, you know, I'm thinking ahead to like comp picks. Like if any of those really do turn out to 
play uh, beyond what we're paying them and they hit the open market. You never know. We could get some draft capital back. And I think that now we're in that position that we're not going to have money, uh, much cap space available. I think that's going to become more important moving forward is trying to get some more draft picks via that compensation route and using that in future drafts and trying to replenish the roster that way. So, no, I'm just pretty happy with all the signings, but specifically Damien Harris. Um, which of these other guys do you want to talk about next? Uh, do you want to talk about David Andrews? Uh, David Edrews, uh, Edwards, sorry. I think he's probably the yeah. next highest profile player. So, obviously, higher profile player for the Rams was really on a sort of an upward trajectory in terms of his career, then had a really rough year last year due to concussions, yeah. missed a lot of games. Mm-hmm. I think he only played something like four, three or four games last, last season. Um, but certainly a very high potential player, but you know, you never know with concussions what kind of situation we, we might be finding ourselves. If he's fit, if he's healthy, then I think it's a really, really solid pickup. Um, I think the money tells us everything, which is that he's getting paid, you know, pretty much a vet minimum type deal. So we, I think we have to expect that Conor McGovern is going to be the you know starting guard probably alongside um, Ryan Bates. Um, yeah. And David Edwards, therefore, is a sort of, is, is the backup, but he's going to have a chance to go and win, his, win, win a spot. And um, yeah, I think uh, if he's healthy, then, the interior of this offensive line is already looking quite a bit better. And of course there's still potential. We could bring in an early, early, uh, early traffic as well to make it even stronger and bring a bit more youth to that room. So yeah, I think this yeah. is a, a, a savvy pickup, especially for a, a probably the backup guard. Um, not an awful lot else to say, but you know, he's, he's a talented player and, and I think if he can stay healthy, then he's going to, he's definitely going to improve us. I feel like um, he's a better run blocker than he's a pass blocker. He struggled in pass pro uh, in recent years. I feel like the fact that we signed Damien Harris, who's more of a downhill guy, and David Edwards, he's more of that kind of gap um, gap, gap blocking type of uh, guard. I feel like that could potentially be the route we go. Like uh, It seems like they're a little bit... Um, they weren't too sure necessarily what, to scheme to to use in the run blocking, whether that's going to be wide zone or or or, or gap, and we've predominantly been a gap running team, um, but they have tried to kind of include a bit of um, zone running. I feel like maybe this kind of suggests that we'll kind of go to a gap running scheme, and it'll be interesting. I think that you know that's what Damon Harris likes. He likes to run between the tackles. Yep. Um, who knows what James Cook will be like if he plays a bit more, you know, in that role. But as long as, you know, they create the uh, the lanes for the running backs and he's going to be productive. So, no, I, I just like all these moves. Like Trent Sheffield, you look at him and as you said, he's incrementally got better. Um, he's going to improve the depth of our wide receiver room. Like we looked last year, we thought that it was okay with Crowder and, you know, we had high hopes for Shakir to be something. I still have high hopes for Shakir, but I feel like it's just solidifying that wide receiver depth and it just gives us a bit more options to bring in Harty and Sherfield. I think they could do a few more things. And Sherfield comes from the 49ers, um, that kind of scheme, and he's able to uh, block really well as well. So if they do yeah. want to do more bubble screens and, you know, he could be a factor, you know, is what I'm trying to say. So I, I think let's look at all the, the signings I, we've made and we, I'm, I'm pretty positive about them all. The, the base of the wide receiver room quality has, has improved dramatically. You know, if you think about Sherfield probably being your, your fifth choice, um, but actually being probably sixth on your depth chart uh, in terms yeah. of, yeah, I think we've got we, that, that sort of three, four, five level quality 
receivers are all improved. Um, I still think we've got a gap in terms of wide receiver two, which isn't necessarily easy to fill. We'll, we'll come on to how the Bills might be filling that in a second. Um, yeah. But, you know, Trent Sherfield's a much more all-round player than um, Jake Kumaro. You know, we always, um, you know, have affection for the touchdown Jesus, and, but he's played very little. When he has played, it was for with a blocker, mostly a special teams guy. Trent Sherfield can do all of that. In fact, he's, he's, he's really a very, very good quality blocker. Um, but he's, but he's a proper wide receiver too. Um, you know, he, he can run proper routes. Um, and I think he um, he has an opportunity to maybe do a bit more than perhaps people are expecting. Um, so, yeah, he's a he's, he's a player with with lots of potential upside. Um, and um, I'm very happy. I think it's, it was a smart move. And again, low money. Um, so all of these all of these signings are kind of pre- preserving our, uh, our cap space that we need to potentially um, yeah, we're going to do something else in, uh, in free agency. Mm. So with a couple of weeks um, of the free agency being and gone, and as we talked about quite a lot of the free agents, but the top free agents anyway, uh, have signed with new teams. Um, do you feel like, do do you feel any different to this roster? Like when you look at my linebacker and for me, right tackle, I have some like progressively uh, concerning um things in my mind about those position groups like do you feel any differently to this roster and like any potential concerns or are you quite comfortable where we are and you know where we might lack um yeah. you know some players i said an interesting um some interesting bit of analysis the last day or so which was of the top four teams in the afc none of them have probably got better um all of yeah. them are weaker in some yes. ways and i think that the, the loss yeah. of tremaine edmonds um makes the Bills worse overall. But I do think the offense is incrementally better. I think it's better on the line. I think it's better in the running back room. And I think it's better in the wide receiver room, but not dramatically. You know, there's no one that's going to change the game here. Um, You know, perhaps a a really, you know, an early pick at sort of tight end or wide receiver in the draft or bringing in a sort of sexy free agent and wide receiver like um, um, John Hopkins or or a... um, you know, an Odell Beckham Jr. You know, that 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 would change change things. Um, they, they, to me, it all hinges on can the Bills find an answer at middle linebacker? Um, you know, lots of people talking about Jack Campbell. I think he's going to be difficult to get. You know, he's an early he's an early day two pick probably. Um, yeah, and that's not where the Bills are picking. So trading down is not going to be easy in this draft, in my opinion. I think there's a lot of um, it's, it's a weird draft in terms of shape from from what I can tell so far. I think there's sort of top 10, 15 obvious first round type picks. And then there's a lot of players that were in that sort of day two, rounds two and three level. So picking where the bills are, we're really going to be picking a kind of a you know round two graded player. So there's an argument, yeah. actually, you just, if you can't trade down, you just go and get your guy, if, if that's the guy that you like. Uh, but there's not that many, I would say, middle linebacker archetypes Um out there and, and I think that it's going to be difficult and I, I do that, that's the major worry I have I don't have massive worries I mean I don't think the right tackle position is going to be worse than it was last year I think another offseason um, no. you know a fit um, a fit period for Spencer Brown where he can um, you know, get some proper uh, prep work done I think that's only going to improve him he still has all the talents he, he should be better it's certainly not going to be worse mm-hmm. we've obviously brought back Devin Questenbury I think he's reasonable as a swing tackle, not spectacular. Yeah. I do think that mm-hmm. now with all of these moves, probably swing tackle is, you know, getting a tackle in the draft is not something that I would be surprised if to see, um, just to just to create a bit more depth and a bit more competition. 
Just to so, put it out there, I'll be actively rooting, I think, for a right tackle uh, in the first round. I think that's out of all the position groups, uh, in terms of the value of the draft and then the positions that we still need, I think right tackle is something I'm going to be pounding the table for. So, as you said, like, you know, it's not going to be worse, but then is what we saw last season good enough? If it's just the same as what we saw last season, we got the same guys returning like is that yeah. good enough well, like it, you're counting on that development of um spencer brown and well, i don't not, know if i have faith in him to, yeah not, not uh, necessarily but i mean we're not done yet right and there's still a draft to come and i think you've got to look at how yes, you compare yeah. to other afc teams and the reality is all of them have got a bit weaker um mm. and i think it's understandable you know you can't always hold on to all of your all of your best players and, and tremaine edmonds was a was a step too far so i look i, I think that the Bears have overpaid for Tremaine Edmonds. You know, I, I think that he wasn't yeah. he's not worth what what they're paying him. So I think the Bills have been sensible in not breaking the bank for a player that is getting paid probably twenty percent more than they would have been willing to pay him. I imagine maybe twenty five percent. So I'm, I'm, you, you can't. Yeah. See, I know can't, it doesn't. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I, I know it doesn't really matter now. But what would your price point be of like Tremaine Edmonds to have brought him back? Just uh, fourteen, about fourteen. I think. Yeah. Um, and, exactly even, and, and, and even that would have been difficult for the Bills. Yes. Um, yeah. So you, you've also got to look at it insofar as you know, Tremaine Edmonds is a really good player. I think he's been a very useful player for the Bills, but he's not a superstar and he doesn't deserve superstar money. And sometimes you've got to look at getting cheaper. And the question then is, if you take the best middle linebacker you can find in the draft, what is the drop off between that and Tremaine Edmonds? And if it's if you look at what else is happening on the defense, you know, bring back Poyer, um, Hyde is hopefully fit. You've got two first round picks at corner. You got a really solid slot corner. You know, we're hoping we'll we get a bit more depth on the defensive line. If that's the only downgrade, you can live with it, especially when you're adding you know a full season of Trey White and a full season of Micah Hyde and hopefully a fit Jordan Poyer into the mix. You can live with it. You know, I'm not even mentioning Von Miller here. You know, no. so you can absolutely live with losing Tremaine Edmonds if you can get better elsewhere. And so, I think, you know, there's always a question of you know should the Bills just go heavy on offense and you know screw the defense? You've got you've got to have some degree of balance. But a good offense can always outscore a, a good defense, right? So, I, I, what I'm looking to do is to see. How can we take this offense and make it a bit more special? You know, is that there one or two pieces? You know, maybe it's a really sexy tight end, maybe, or maybe it's um, you know DeAndre Hopkins, somebody who can just put them over that that hump. Maybe it's a you know it's a it's a difference making offensive lineman, but in reality, Josh makes up for a lot for the offensive line and the weaknesses there. So I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm okay. I'm actually feel pretty good about this this current roster. I think Bean has done as good as I could have hoped him to, he could have done through this offseason so far. Um, but he's got to nail a draft. We've got to get deeper in, a, in a several positions. We've got to get deeper on the offensive line. We're going to get deep on the defensive line. We've got some you know, areas where we're going to be struggling in future years if we don't start to get you know, some depth to safety for one. Obviously, we've talked about linebacker. Um, we still have a wide receiver two hole to fill. There, there's work to be done here. But right now, I think this is as good as I could have hoped for. Yeah, I know we've gone uh, off a tangent, off on a tangent slightly. But I was just thinking whilst you were talking, then I hadn't really thought about this yet. I've not really seen anyone talk about this yet. But Sean McDermott, like, will he be taking more control on the defense, and will that have an impact on our draft? So, 
look, Leslie Fraser is taking a year out. He might not return. Who knows what's going to happen there? We don't actually know the answer in terms of the defensive coordinator who's going to take responsibility, who's going to call the plays. It could be Sean McDermott. They could have a in-house option figured out, but it's just not announced yet. But could that impact what we do in the draft? Like, can does Sean McDermott, and I'm sure he does, have the confidence in his own abilities that, hey, you know, I can do a better job here. I can raise the performance and develop these players better than what Leslie Fraser had. Um, so therefore, our draft capital can be invested on the offense because I want them guys to have like no excuses, no reasons for any drop off. You know, um, it's just a little nugget I hadn't really thought about. But yeah. you know, it's it's more rhetorical. I don't expect you to have any comments on that, but you know, that could be something that impacts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just I mean, so. it, this team has shown its ability to develop defensive backs, for example. You know, um, yeah. it, it is a, a linebacker-centric um, type defense. Um, obviously, Sean McDermott's coach the likes of Luke Keithley at, um, at Carolina. Um, he, he, he may well see stuff in players that we don't, um, which is going to give him that ability. But, I mean, this was always Sean McDermott's defense. I know that was, it was Leslie Tra- Frazier was at DC, but it was always... Sean McDermott's shape. I mean, it were even occasions when Sean McDermott took over play calling from from Leslie Frazier when it wasn't quite going as he as he wanted to. So, I, yeah, I, I think it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I suspect the defense is going to roll out very similar in a very similar shape to what we've seen over the last few years. Yeah. Good. So we should probably yeah. get on to this sort of rumor about DeAndre Hopkins. Um, yeah. I mean, firstly, what do you, what do you think? I mean, he's a He's, he's getting on in, on in years. Um, obviously, a very talented player. I mean, presumably, you'd be happy to see him as a lining up opposite to Stefan Diggs on the other side of the field. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, clearly, he's still. You know, you could argue, and I don't. Well, I don't even think it's an argument, actually. But you know, in his own right, DeAndre Hopkins showed last year, even when Kyler Murray was out, that he can be a wide receiver one in a lot of offences in the NFL. And I think he is going to be coveted because there's not obviously been that wide receiver, that, that the calibre of wide receiver on the open market. So if DeAndre Hopkins is available, I think a lot of teams are going to be trying to secure services. He's going to be 31 soon. Um, and he is currently, his average salary at the moment is 27 and a half. Um, so clearly, there's going to have to be, you know, if it's something that the Bills pull the trigger on, um, they'll have to find some fancy way of restructuring the contract and getting it. I just can't see based on the fact that his average salary is that bigger. Like, I can't, I'm not a salary cap expert. I just can't see how they can, you know, move the money around to, to make it work, really. Like, clearly, I'd want him on board and I'd want him to be our wide receiver two in this offense because... You know, that's near on unstoppable in my mind. Like when we're passing the ball, how can you stop that? You know, trying to cover one of Jonja Hopkins or Stefan Diggs, and that's not even talking about the other ancillary components of his offense. So clearly I'd be on board with it. I just can't see economically how they're going to make that work. And obviously it's not just the money side of things, it's the draft picks as well. Like there's talk about the Cardinals wanting a, a McCaffrey type ball, which was like a, a um, round two, three and four pick. And I'm thinking with the holes that we've got on this roster still, I just can't see how we could give that up, really. Um, unless there's another way of getting some more capital. Like, um, I don't want to get there just yet because you, you want to talk about the Hopkins stuff. But, you know, Ed Oliver, you know, he seems to be the candidate to trade if we were going to trade someone. But then if you do that, then you create a defensive tackle hold. Uh, uh, hold. Yeah. So it, I mean, it's a tricky one. 
I, I think it may come down to where they believe what they believe they can get in the draft. Um, you know, and Oliver's obviously angling to get as much money as he can, uh, understandably. Um, I don't like it when players do that on social media. I don't yeah. really understand why they do it on social media. I think it's absolutely fine for players to go and negotiate the best contract they possibly can. But the reality is that Ed Oliver is a, a good player, but he's not a great player as much as you and I like him. Um, mm-hmm. He is a player that requires to have a dominant one tech next to him to get the, see the most out of him. And that, that limits his value. So um, I quite like the idea of having an angry competitive Ed Oliver going into the last year of his contract and going to go and blow the doors off. And if he, if he does that, go great, go, go get your, your money somewhere else. Um, the, the bills might look at it and say, "All right, let's look at this. This, um, you know, we've got three big needs. We've got linebacker, we've got wide receiver two, and we've got um, edge. We've got a three tech. If we trade Ed Oliver, what can we get in the yeah. draft?" And they may look at it and say, "You know what? I think it's going to be easier to get a three tech than it is a wide receiver two. Let's trade Ed. Let's bring in Hopkins. I mean, that that would be that you'd you'd have to just because of the cap hit. You know, Oliver, I think he's commanding some like eleven and a half million or something this year. Nearly eleven, yeah. Yeah, as I understand it, if the Bills trade uh, Oliver and then restructure Trey White and I think Deion Dawkins, this is according to Cover One, they can free up enough cap space to bring um, Hopkins in on his current contract, and then they would need to restructure it to bring his cap hit down. Um, and then obviously, you know, maybe put a put about three year contract in or something like that. Given his age, that's probably the most you can you could hope for. Hopkins wants to come, it seems. It's one of his sort of preferred landing zones. So it is it is it is financially possible. Um yeah. but as I said, it may come down to the fact that Bill's looking at it and going, what is easier for us to get in the draft? Can we get a middle linebacker and a three tech easier than we can get a middle linebacker and a wide receiver too? Um, obviously, you know, if you, whoever you get in the draft, it's, it's cheaper, you know, you've got that, uh, that low, that cost control option. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a really interesting challenge, but I think, wow, if you could bring Hopkins in, he's, um, really pretty special. I think he's still special, you know, even despite his age, he was never a, a player who was excelling due to, you know, his, his burst and pure athleticism. You know, he's, he's, he's much more nuanced than that. And I think that that ages a little bit better than perhaps than, than pure physicality. So, yeah, it's um, an exciting prospect. Um, but, um, yeah, some, some, some serious work for Bean to do to make it work. Yeah, definitely. Um, is there anything more to talk about with those rumours? Uh, I think yeah, I've covered... Let's talk briefly about Ed Oliver, I guess, a bit more. I think that yeah. um, he's... It's, it's a tricky one. I mean... You mentioned it previously that the other guys drafted around him at three tech have since he outperformed yeah. Ed Oliver in his draft position. Mm-hmm. That's not Ed Oliver's position fault that he was drafted that particular position. You know, <laughs> a lot of people go, "Well, he should be better for a for a for a for whatever a ninth pick." Um, that's not his fault. He's what he is. Um, you can criticize the Bills, but you can't criticize him for that. You know, he's, he was always a physical outlier in terms of he's not 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 the, got the same size and bulk as other tra- three techs, but. I mean, right now we we only have at all over at three tech, <laughs> so yeah. we we need two really. Um, we only need to bring Jordan Phillips back, or we need to get keep ahead and get another guy in the draft, or or bring a guy in and, and draft somebody. But you know, we got a hole there, and I think, um, mm. like you say, the, the thing the downside of all of this is you know if we we trade away at Oliver, all we're doing is create another gap in this uh, in this roster, and uh, that needs to be filled. You know, so. Um, mm. I think um, I, I trust Bean to get the balance right. It's not easy, but I think 
you can just sort of see the, the you can kind of see the pieces aligning for this you know <laughs> there's too many people yeah. out there talking about hopkins coming in and the only real tradable asset we have is that oliver so I, I don't know i think um i think this 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 this, this, this <laughs> might be a possibility well i don't know about you but with the hopkins rumors i feel like it's more people identifying as us as a landing spot as opposed to, like you said, uh, DeAndre Hopkins has interest coming to the Bills, but we don't actually know, and we probably won't know until a trade happens, um, whether that's to the Bills or another team, if the Bills are actually interested in him. Like, I don't know whether, uh, you know, this is just rumours. So, so, well, just... well, the, the tea leaves, um, as best I can, I can establish from the kind of the people that I trust, and mm-hmm. I've picked this up from several sources, is that, Hopkins does like the Bills, and it's that with the with the top of his list. And Bean would like to bring Hopkins in, but the the sticking point right now is around the um, what, what kind of compensation Arizona would yeah. want for him, and you know, which is they basically want more picks and draft capital than the Bills are willing to give. You know, standard negotiation. At some point, that might, might come to a breaking point, but this is being reported by local guys as well as national guys, by people who are. You know, known to be close to Hopkins' agent. Um, now, it still might not happen, but there's a lot of there's a lot of smoke here, um, mm-hmm. more so than we normally see with the Bills Bills trade, of course. But um, you know, mm-hmm. I think Hopkins' agents are trying to angle to get him out of Arizona. He doesn't want to be wasting one of the last years of his contract with Kyler Murray. You know, unable to to play in a team which essentially is rebuilding doesn't make any sense for Arizona to hang on to him so no. yeah I mean well be, the, the prospect is just mouth-watering I mean I think it would push the Bills back to sort of Super Bowl favorites if Hopkins was coming honestly but uh yeah we'll mm. see it's exciting um but yeah I don't know hard hard not to not to uh get ahead of ourselves yeah and just a touch on Ed Oliver just finally for me so um you know you, you talked about the whole social media and like the influence that social media is um, having on players and trying to get, you know, what they want. But I feel like, you know, with what Ed Oliver has shown, and he's shown good flashes at times, don't get me wrong. Like, we're both big fans of him. Both got his jersey. He was my first jersey that I've actually bought um, for the Bills. But when you look at the production, like, you know, you can't go just by the sack numbers, but the fact that over his first four years with the Bills, he's had 14 and a half sacks his most coming in his rookie year. Um, and clearly, like for, for lack of one tech, that's not helped things. Clearly not. But I just feel like him demanding the money when he's not actually played yeah, the, and made production. that impact yeah. and had that production that we're all expecting, you know. I think not only does it make sense for the Bills to have done what we've done, you know, we've got that 50-year option. Um, you know, we can cut ties after this year if he hasn't performed. But it's also not only in the Bills' in best interest you'd think it's an ed oliver's best interest like you'd think that with the bills and the fact that you know before von miller was out like the opportunities that he was getting to have like you know um one-on-ones against guards and this type of thing which he wasn't getting before um you think that the best opportunity to get the biggest contract either with the bills if that's what he wants to do or elsewhere would be to plan that fifth year Yep. extension it's not like he's not getting paid anything it's just under 11 million if he has that you know breakout season and has that type of impact then he's gonna know, get paid yeah he's gonna get paid he's gonna get paid the bills are most likely again because of the cap they can't spend loads of money next off season but we're gonna get like a comp pick so it works out well for the bills it works out well for, well for ed oliver so it's like why go to this 
why are you trying to resort and try and kick yourself out? Unless you're just not happy in Buffalo. And you, well, you, I, I think know. I think players always want it sewn up earlier on later, just due to the risk of injuries. Injuries, yeah, because yeah, um, yeah. then you know then they know that they're they're covered, and that this first contract is is a biggie. So I suspect that's the reason behind it. But you're absolutely right. The, the best way for him to get paid well is to is to have an outstanding fifth year, and then either in Buffalo or somewhere else he's going to get paid. But I think that's that's possibly the reason. I mean, the other thing is I think it's very easy to over what's the word over interpret stuff that goes out on social media this could be a minor niggle and this is just the choosing the way he chooses to express it, it doesn't mean he's fuming and desperate to get out of buffalo it might be mm. but i don't think we can make that assumption i just think that players express themselves differently we've seen this with Diggs. you know Diggs is coming back um there's no, there's no question about that he's never expressed he wanted to leave he's just pissed off um so i think yeah. let's just own would let's to wait until it plays out but um i'd love him to stay you know i love adolfo i love his energy i love his character um, I think he's a he's an underrated player, if not a, a superstar. And um, yeah, it's going to be yeah. There's still another couple of interesting steps, isn't there, in this off season? Great, yeah, right? Well, um, we better tie this up. And um, thanks again for joining us. This was our sort of final you know, formal free agency roundup. As, as Tim mentioned, we're going to be doing a uh, moving to our draft coverage, and that's going to kick off um, next week with, uh, well, you may remember from last year, our draft for newbies um, podcast, one of our most popular podcasts we've ever put out. So we're going to be having another go at that for uh, for 2023. And we'll be taking you through, you know, the ways that we got into the draft and how to interpret the information that's around you. And those of you who want to get into the draft, how to, yeah, how, how best to understand what's really going on and, you know, not just watching draft day or something like that. So we'll be getting into yeah, that. Yeah. If you want to get in touch with us, uh, please do so. I'm Charlie underscore sport. He, Tim, Norge 90. Or on Twitter, we are Bills from Afar. And on Gmail, Bills from Afar at gmail.com. Uh, until next time, go Bills. Go Bills. <laughs>